0: This is Alex Massa, and you're listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Bob Nolly. Live from the RVA, this is the Labrador Leadership Podcast with Dr. Bob Nolly. The program that brings you the leadership skills that can make you the most authentic, approachable leader for the sake of your business, your team, and for you. Now, now. here's Bob. Bob.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, how are you? Hope you're having a wonderful day, morning or afternoon, whatever time of day it is for you. Thanks for being here with us. This is the Labrador Leadership Podcast, episode number five. You can find the notes, the download at labradorleadership.com slash five. We have a great conversation today with Richard Ryerson. Uh, Before we get started, though, I, uh, I wanna give uh, some more thanks to folks that have given us the good word on iTunes. Uh, Laura K, Laura, thank you so much for your comment there. That's very gracious. And uh, the Green Banana Project, good to hear from you. And that's very nice, thanks. Who else here? Dr. O'Grady, Thomas, thank you very much for the kind words. Dr. Christopher Lowe, there as well. Firestarters. Thanks for all the encouraging words, getting us going here. I appreciate it. Okay, today there was there are people that I I looked up to when I got ready to pull the podcast together and start the show, and one of them is our guest today, Richard Ryerson. And the whole concept for this show is, I hopefully you know by now, is just casual, informal conversations about leadership with things that are easy for you to take away. And just as if he and I pulled up on the front porch talking about leadership and having a conversation like he was the guy living next door, well, this conversation just fell right into that groove and and felt just like that. Uh, So without further ado, let's get started. Okay, folks, if you ever wanted to sit on the porch and chat a bit about leadership and what it has meant to you and what it means now, you would want to have our guest today to be there. He's a former Marine pilot, a commercial pilot, an engineer, and, well, listen to this, most recently, Forbes Magazine has listed his podcast as one of the top leadership shows in business today. Live from the heartland, please welcome from Dose of Leadership, Richard Ryerson. Hey. Richard, how are you?
2: Great, Bob. Thanks for having me on your show.
1: Oh, thanks for taking the time to be here. I appreciate it. uh You're so gracious to come on the show for us. And when I talked to you earlier, you said it was good to have another leadership voice in the game. Why do you think that's important today?
2: Well, I think, you know, you go to a bookstore and there's always a brand new book coming out on leadership. There's no shortage of leadership books, but I think there's a shortage of everyday folks like you and I, and I, I hope you're not offended by me calling you an everyday folk, but you seem like a guy who's who's out there cutting his teeth in leadership and and talking about what they've seen from a common sense perspective. I think sometimes we try to make leadership a little bit too tactical, if that makes any sense. It really does, for me, come from the heart and from the head and from the inside and, and trying to get other people to think and act like leaders and understand that leadership is for everybody. That's kind of where I'm coming from. The kind of mission that it applies to everything that we do, and it is for everybody. Whether whether you know it or not, or whether you like it or not, we're all going to get called to lead at some point in our lives. So the more people that I like yourself that are out there talking about it, I think the better off that we all. Are. You don't have to have, have a PhD or even a brand new book, or you know, be inundated with academic credentials to to talk about leadership. It's it's for everybody. It's for the stay at home mom. It's for uh, it's it's for you and me. That's why I'm appreciative of you being out there kind of charting the course with a new podcast.
1: Well, thanks again. It feels, it feels good to be here. So when you, you mentioned that term, and I think you, you have it on the uh, description for your show, talk a little bit more about common sense leadership.
2: Well, I think for me, it has a lot to do with, um, again, the perceptions that some of us may have about leadership. I think, you know, and when I, joined the Marine Corps and I remember getting off the bus and the guy, the drill instructor yelling at me saying, boy, you better start getting some command presence because you don't have any. And I heard that word command presence and I was thinking, well, yeah, I need to be larger than life, six foot four, John Wayne-esque type figure. And what I learned over time that that's not what he meant by command presence. It was this whole idea and I call them the four C's of learning how to be calm, confident, consistent, and courageous. Those are four things that all of us can learn how to do and apply in our everyday life, regardless of what God gave us in terms of looks and voice and aesthetics, because I'm not six foot four. I don't have a booming voice. I don't walk into a room and like John Wayne, have people look at you and think, yeah, I'm going to follow that guy through the gates of hell. I don't have that. You know, I'm kind of an introverted, quiet guy, and um, especially in a large room with people I don't know. So, I think though you can you can focus on all of us, regardless of what God has given you, and focus on how to be more calm in, in stressful situations. How to be consistent and intentional about everything that you do and the actions that you do. You know, confidence is surely a thing, an inside thing that you can work on, and, and certainly courageous. You know, acting out in courage—that's what we're faced with every day. Little acts of courage. Every day we're faced with things that that make us nervous and make our stomach tight, and if we work through those. Something great is going to happen on the other side. So to me, all that wraps up in a kind of a common sense mentality or, or application of leadership. Again, it's not about necessarily the position, the title, or even the pedigree uh, to become a great leader. So that's what I mean by common sense.
1: That That's excellent stuff for all the uh, labbies out here that I'm going to call the uh, Labrador leadership listeners here. I want to spend some more time on the four C's. And I, I guess I'll start at the, the last one first, talking about being courageous, when you talk about being courageous within the context of leadership, you know it's easy to bring up something cinematic where you're facing a, a trauma or some life endangering experience. But actually, I think in in the day to day life that we all uh, that we all face, there there are moments that we can each have a crisis of confidence where uh, a business leader might go, "Well, do I have to decide yet?" well, no, you don't have to decide yet. Well, then I'll do some more data collection.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of defer so I can reduce the risk because if I learn more, I, you know, and that crisis of confidence can just derail you. Uh, what's an, Is there another way that uh, courage comes into our everyday lives?
2: Well, you know, I love what you just said there because it's you're absolutely right. And, you know, when I used to think about courage, I was Thinking of it in the context that you just articulated there, that kind of life and death situation, you know I thought about you know Neil Armstrong landing on the moon, for example, with seventeen seconds of gas left, or you know some Medal of honor marine holding off you know countless enemy under unimaginable odds, but you're right when you think about it, that's almost kind of the it's easy to be courageous in those Situations because you don't have a choice, really, right? I mean, it's life or death. Right. And I think what you're getting at is kind of what I'm alluding to is is you're right. Those those choices that we make every single day, you know, should I stay? Should I go? Should, do I say yes? Do I say no? Um, do I make this decision? Wh- whatever. Th- those can be, on the surface, they don't look like a big deal to, to say yes, to say no, to stay, or, or, or not to stay. But, man, put in the proper context, I mean, they can just be— debilitating right i think that's what you're kind of trying to say and
1: absolutely uh you know we go back and look at the uh i don't know a 50 year old list of what the traits are a great leader and one of them that is on there is uh prone to take action
2: Mm. yeah
1: and that doesn't necessarily mean you know having a quick trigger finger no but it does mean you know i have the courage to make the decision
2: and I think to put that's it in
1: more in an everyday perspective,
2: yeah, and I think that's that is critical what I love that you you brought this up because it's so true that people don't look at those kind of everyday decisions as being courageous, but I think if you you know if it makes your gut be all tied up in knots, get your throat all tight, you know even if you look at your, your to do list, i mean and, and you say, well, the thing that's making you the most kind of uncomfortable, the most painful thing is probably the thing you should be doing first and getting taken care of because that's the courageous decision that we're talking about here and you do that consistently and intentionally day after day after day that starts to to build some momentum that that i think most leaders aren't aware of and i think that's that's what it comes down to about being intentionally courageous right i mean i think that's what that's what you're
1: that's it and, it and one more you know at the risk of beating a dead horse you know, let's put it within the uh context of of parenthood.
2: Oh yeah, perfect.
1: I mean, my children are grown now and you have four daughters and how old are they?
2: Well, my oldest is a senior in high school and then um, a a junior in high school and then a uh, sixth and a fourth grader. So, yeah, like a little gamut there between sure. 17 and oh, yeah. nine. Well,
1: enjoy them while at home because once they go, you know, you're very proud of them. But yeah. I certainly miss the noise around the house. Yeah, I can as imagine. Well. So, but in the perspective of a parent, I'm, you know, to, to have the courage to address any issues, uh, you know, putting yourself at risk and, you know, having to do the right thing as a parent at the risk of ticking off your teenager is – is something that I, you know, I've seen parents actually do or not do.
2: Yeah, I think it's it at the heart of it and you're absolutely right. I mean, what a great example of leadership and courageous leadership is that of of a parent. I mean, every day you're faced with some courageous choice of doing the right thing, you know, because we it does take courage to make the right decision because you don't want to, you know, we want to be their friends or we want to avoid the the chaos or the conflict or the the friction whatever the case may be. I mean, those are courageous choices. I mean, on the outset, it, people might say, oh, come on, that's crazy, but it's true. I think anything that makes you kind of nervous is a courageous choice if you work through it and you make the choice because it's, I think that's what's, that's the old kind of cliche definition of courage, isn't it? I mean, it's the act of being afraid, but, or it's the, 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 being afraid, but acting anyway and doing what's yes. right. So
1: that's it. Well said. Being afraid, but acting anyway. Mm-hmm.
2: So the C just before that was what? Uh, The four C's are calm, confident, consistent, and courageous. Those are the four C's. Now,
1: consistent. Consistent, if I say what I think that means, that means making sure – your actions align with your words. Sure,
2: doing what you say you're going to do. You know, setting the example is really what's doing what's right. Doing what you say you're going to do. It sounds so basic and so so simple. Sorry, I cut you off there. Were you, did you have a question there? No, no,
1: no. that's it. Go ahead.
2: I was just saying. I think it's 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 almost even embarrassing to even talk about it. I always I lead off with this topic a lot in the, my leadership presentations and setting the example. But it really is a foundation, right? I mean, it's just so basic, but it's something that is so it's so simple to understand, but it's so overlooked in everyday life. I mean, from you know the little things, the little details about how the you, you know your appearance and how you're coming across, and just having that awareness and being kind of, as I term it, maniacally aware of how you're being perceived. Because the unfortunate reality of life is, you know, perception is reality. I wish it wasn't true, but that is that is the truth. You know, if I perceive you to be something, if I perceive to be you perceive. You to be, you know, a thief and you've never stolen anything, well, you're a thief in my mind. It doesn't matter what the facts are. And doesn't that, it's unfortunate, right? And I think yeah. a lot of yeah. times we feel, and facts are our friends, there's nothing wrong with having your facts and your ducks in a row, and, and those are great. But I think too often we go into legalistic mode trying to prove our point, when we could have saved ourselves a lot of trouble if we were just kind of intentionally aware about how we're being perceived. And especially the higher you get up in the accountability um, leadership roster, uh, the bigger the spotlight is on you, the more you have to kind of – the less personal freedoms you actually have. And um, it makes me crazy when I hear these leaders or these examples of people who are role models say, well, what I do in my private life is none of your business. Unfortunately, that's not the case when you get in the leadership role.
1: And uh, let's, you know, we talked about the family context before. Let's move into, you know, the team. As organizations have gotten flatter as marketing and economic demands have, you know, made corporate organizations a bit smaller. Uh, teams have had to be more efficient, produce more with less, as as we all have. And I think part of the, the team engine is developing a sense of trust with the leader. And I think the core of that is having your actions aligned
2: with your words. Absolutely. Yeah. Well said. I mean, you can't, I mean, how many times have you heard in in corporate environment, and maybe you even said it yourself, and maybe they've even said it about you when you're in a leadership position? And I'm, I'm sure people probably have said it about me. It's like, you know, do as I say, not as I do. How that 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 happens a lot, you know, and and even little things. Uh, when you talk about building trust and, and gaining the trust, how can you do that if your actions don't align with what you kind of talk about? And it just, it defies, I mean, that's common sense. We know that, but it happens all the time, you know, whether you're leaving before everybody else, you're showing up late, even if it's just five minutes late, you're showing up to meetings late, little things like that matter and they erode the trust that you're talking about and helping build uh a teamwork. I mean, so that's why setting the example and being consistent, um, it takes work. It really does. I mean, I don't know about you, but I tend to when I'm in a relaxed state, tend to throw out some swear words that I probably shouldn't, you know. But those things matter, right? And uh if we're tossing out those words, we're probably not in a relaxed state. That's that's yeah, probably, exactly right. Yeah.
1: I end up looking at that. <laughs> it's true, true. Yeah. So uh but that leads us right into confidence of uh, Confidence, perhaps being taking action, unfamiliar action, new action, when you have no experience or there's high risk,
2: yeah, I think you know confidence you're you hit on a great point there that confidence really does come from two areas, you know knowledge and expertise, you know, and that kind of um you know, and that's kind of a given, and so that's certainly a great way to become confident is over time. But to your point, sometimes we're thrust into situations and especially when you're a brand new leader in some facet of your life. And it's going to happen time and time again. If you get more responsibility, more accountability, a new position, you move to a different area, whatever the case may be, you're going to be thrust into a situation in where you're not, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the expertise. So how do you gain the confidence? I always, I got to be careful here because I always, I strive for people to always be authentic and never be something that you're not. But when I say this, I don't mean being inauthentic, but there is a little bit of um, compartmentalization, a little bit of acting involved when you're in that kind of a new role of not letting, you know, what's the old phrase, don't let them see you sweat type of thing. Right, right? yeah. So there's, there's a compartmentalization, I guess compartmentalization is a better word. It's not really acting. It's, comp- you got to compartmentalize those kind of Fears or that lack of confidence, and so you kind of got to fake it till you make it. Is another cliche, is sure. what I'm talking about. And,
1: and you know that I think that folds right into the last C or the first one, depending which way we run through the list about being calm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess there there are times when a leader it's effective to fly off the handle, but you know in the in the corporate world, I, you know, not so much. Yeah, so I, you you do want to appear in
2: control. Yeah, I think, you know, leaders are made, really, leaders are made or broken in crisis situations. They really are. And the more that you can learn how to compartmentalize that or never lose your bearing is so critical. I mean, we've all seen the leaders and we've done it ourselves where we lost our cool, lost our temper. And that just sets you back so many you know, it, it, that erodes trust in my, my opinion. It doesn't bring you forward. You, you, you lose more than you ever gain when you lose your bearing. If you can be the the force that is consistently calm in a crisis situation, my goodness, um, that is a, a gift. And, but it's something that we can all learn how to do. I mean, that's, and that's something I learned from learning how to fly airplanes and, um, you know, because just like if if I get an engine fire, if you and you were sitting next to me and I got an engine fire, and I reacted how I felt inside, you would be panicked, right? You wouldn't want to see me get all nervous about that. Just like Sully Sullenberger landing on the Hudson, everybody thought A he great was, example. Yeah, yeah, he thought he was so he was like, oh my god, nerves of steel. You know, nothing bothered him, phased him. But when you talked to him, that was the most petrified terrifying feeling he ever felt in his life you know if you look at the 60 minutes interview that was the most frightened he was ever in his life he was petrified and so when he used those words petrified or terrified you think no way well i think that's the normal thing that we have to understand about dealing with a crisis you're go- it's normal to feel afraid every emergency that i've had in an aircraft or when a an irate customer is yelling at me or fan in an argument with somebody at work or in in a Public situation, whatever, you have to learn how to push what you're feeling down and and exert some calm, and it can be done. And um, and I, I learned that from flying airplanes, and and just how pilots can do it. Flying airplanes, people can do it in everyday life as well.
1: If you were in the left seat on the flight deck, I'd feel awfully good about that. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> uh, and calm ties to a a, a concept that I talked to a lot of my folks about and that being emotional intelligence oh i love that yeah uh mm-hmm. and whether you pick that up from daniel goleman or somewhere else in, in the literature just that whole concept of recognizing your own feelings and controlling your own actions and recognizing the feelings of others and how to move with them without being too machiavellian about the whole thing is such a great key and when i talk to people uh here in this local area about that. Down in the south, they go, Well, that's just manners. And I, <laughs> I go, no, it's a bit more than yeah. just manners. And yeah. But it, it's so important. And you know, the the big fortune five hundred companies that choose to test for IQ in their selection process and their and their promotion board process instead of EQ or at the exclusion of EQ, I think are missing the boat.
2: I agree with you. And I was reading an article uh, just last week. I wish I could remember what it was. It's driving me crazy now when you're saying that because um, they did a study and um, the biggest identifier of success, both in an organization and individually, had less to do with IQ and it was almost exclusive to someone's emo- uh, EQ, as you put it, the emotional quotient, right? Because yeah. um, it's so true. And I think if there's anybody out there who's listening who, If you want to make an immediate impact, say in the next 12 months on your career, your personal life, do it like you just talked about, do what you can to learn more about emotional intelligence and what that means. And I I don't, I suppose you can teach somebody to be more empathetic. I don't know. That's That's a form of debate. But I think just being aware, like you said, the awareness, the intentionality, and the awareness of, of, well, as you put it, where you're at, who you are, and really understanding that is going to go pay tremendous dividends in your own leadership career. And then that's going to equate to understanding the person that's sitting across from you and your team. And that just pays huge dividends, huge dividends, more than any kind of external or, you know, a, ped- a degree or, you know, showing everybody how smart you are. Nobody cares about that. You know, nobody cares about that. They don't, they're only going to care about it. In, in, if they know you care about them and that gets to the em- emotional quotient you're talking about. And, and it's like going to the gym. You can learn that. Yeah.
1: You can learn that it, you know, takes uh takes some coaching, but you can learn that if you put yourself in the right place to do so. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about your show. Uh, you know, in this in this marketing and management segment, which is so crowded out, at least in the iTunes world and all these podcasts and entrepreneurship, uh, here we are now, uh, you the experienced voice, me the new voice of leadership. I, I think there's a place where leadership needs kind of dovetail with the entrepreneurial spirit, spirit rather, of uh, people that have, you know, gone out and, and made the life change and are... Are are chasing down their their product, their tribe, and the like, and I think there's a leadership fit from them uh, for them. There, they certainly have uh, the drive to results, but I I think to be as successful as they want to be, there there's a
2: need for leadership there. I agree with you. I'm glad you brought that up. I think that's a you know I reached that topic early on when I've had some and for every serious entrepreneur I've had on my show um ones that have as you and I would probably define have kind of made it and cut their teeth on it i've talked to him about that And it's been surprising their answer to that. They've never, some of them have never intentionally thought about that. And I, like you, if I'm hearing you correctly, I argued that I think if you're going to be a successful, sustainable entrepreneur, you have to understand leadership. And, um, some, especially some of the millennials, the young ones that I've talked to, they'd never even thought about in that context. And that's not a a jab at them. That's just, I, 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 if I was in that role, I'd be the same thing because I think as you get more seasoned and you go through life and business and everything else, you see that. And every Seasoned entrepreneur I've talked to are the ones that are really successful. There's always a component of leadership uh, wrapped around that. It's unavoidable. So if, yeah, if you, I'm with you. If you, if you want to become a successful entrepreneur, you have to understand the fundamentals of leadership to, to. To take it through the long haul; otherwise, I think it's 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 short lived. It's not sustainable in, unless you understand leadership. Because at the heart of leadership is influence, and and influence means you got to understand people. And I don't care what business you're in, you got to understand your customer. And your emotional intelligent quotient has to be high. Um, you've got to know yourself. You got to be completely aware of yourself. You got to be disciplined. Small daily discipline habits. All of that is under an umbrella of leadership. I don't care what anybody says.
1: And in this age of social media and just the technical world we live in. uh, I think sociologically now, I'm sorry, I probably shouldn't even use that word. We, I think people crave relationships. Oh yeah. They are craving Mm -hmm. relationships of, of a certain quality. And it, the, if these, you know, if these folks with mailing lists of 10,000 people on them and uh, you know, 3 million downloads or 2 million downloads on their podcast, if they can solve that, I, I think, they're the ones that have the opportunity to create the, the better successes.
2: Oh, well said. I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the whole kind of – I mean, who, who are the ones that are really knocking it out of the park? I mean, they're, they all have a giver's gain mentality. They all have um, a level of tenacity that is to be envied. Um, I mean, it, those are things that all of us are, are capable, in my opinion, can get can get better at or good at. You know, it's, it's not necessarily having the magic product. I think it's more the more successful entrepreneurs are the ones that are tapped into solving people's problems and trying to remove obstacles and make a better life and all of those things. And um, again, how can you not say a, a, an umbrella of leadership is not above that? I, I just think it's, it's, it's one of the same in my book.
1: Yeah, well said. Well said. Uh, we're talking to Richard Ryerson from the Dose of Leadership podcast. Uh, Richard, a couple of quick questions here. Uh, what's on your iPod right now?
2: Oh, what's on my iPod, man? You know, I always got classic Van Halen. It's like always my go-to. I mean, a lot of times I get made fun of that, but uh, classic David Lee Roth era Van Halen is is always my go-to. if I want to? De- no, Sammy,
1: just the Diamond Dave stuff. Huh?
2: <laughs> well, I do have some Sammy on there, and and nothing against Sammy. I, I like it all, but. I cut my teeth on... That was my second concert. My first was a concert was actually a Rush concert, but... Uh, yeah. Oh, a great band. Yeah, and I love Rush. I love uh, Van Halen. Um, um, You know, gosh, who else? You know, I just downloaded today. I downloaded Smashing Pumpkins' song Zero. Um, yeah. That song just totally rocks it out and it puts me in a... Rock and place when I like to. I got some social distortion. I mean, I got a little bit of everything. I don't know if you're familiar with, with them, but you know, a lot of L.A. Sure. bands. And, yeah. um,
1: so does your playlist drive your daughters nuts?
2: You know, it, I think it does now. I, when they were kids and, and driving around, I'd force them to listen to Vane, and I think they kind of liked it. But then now I find my oldest are listening to a lot of that uh Electron, I mean, but I like and I don't have anything wrong with electronic because I like some of it. Like, because I got crystal, the crystal method on my uh iPod 2. Oh,
1: that's great stuff.
2: And um, but they're like into my oldest is really into the really weird electronic stuff, and I don't like that. It's hard for me, I can't relate to some of that, but no, they 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 like some. I think they hear some of it, and it reminds them of being little, and so I think they like it a little bit now, but yeah, I think. For the most part, my, now my fourth graders, it's all pop and you know, I can't listen. I got Taylor Swift on the radio if, she, if he's in there and you know, that kind of stuff. But. but Neither yeah. of us will ever be able to get her on the program now. No, that's right. What books are stacked on your bedside table? Oh, let's see. I mean, against the grain from Bill Courtney who I had on my show, um, he was the football coach, the true story, um, of the, um, he was in that Oscar-winning documentary, Undefeated. I don't know if you highlighted him. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and I uh, just finished a book um, from um, uh, uh, Mindy Hall, Dr. Mindy Hall, uh, Intentional. I forget the subheading. Um, I see it in my mind's eye. I just interviewed her, so I just interviewed uh, her books called Intentionality. Um, great stuff for leaders out there. I highly recommend people find Mindy Hall. Those are the two books on my on right now.
1: I will uh, make uh, links to those in the show notes. Oh, uh, and the, next for you and the dose of leadership.
2: Yeah. Can I get one more shot on the book out there? That yeah, I sure. I love yeah. People Cheryl Atkinson uh, latest book. Um, oh, oh my gosh. You can edit this part out. I forgot. I just drew a blank on her book, but I love okay. her book. Anyway, you can edit that. I'll edit that piece out for you. Anyway, what you going to that other question? I shut
1: my browser down so uh make <laughs> sure we could have the uh internet working as well as possible, but yeah. uh, so I can't go look for it right now, so. No worries. Okay.
2: No problem. Go to your other uh,
1: question. All right, let me give us a break What's here next and for- uh, All right, well, this will clearly be the highlight of the day for me. Richard, thank you so much for being here.
2: Uh Oh, and, hey, hey, Bob. Uh, tell hey, us what's next for
1: you and the dose of leadership.
2: Sorry about that. I could yeah, ask that question again and I'll make sure. I okay, sure. That yeah. So, Richard, what's next for you and the dose of leadership? Well, you know, there's a lot of great things happening behind the scenes. It's, you know, I've been, the podcast is um, going on its second year, and uh, I love the power of the podcast. I think it's one of the quickest ways, fastest ways to grow a real powerful network. It's, it's a great time to in I think the history of the planet that all of us, if uh, you're in the the basement of your daughter's bedroom, which where I'm at right now, and you can, you can, you know, reach out to the rest of the world. And so I, am a huge fan of podcasting. So the podcasting is podcast is continuing to grow. Like you said, I got the shout out from um, the magazine article locally here. I got picked up on a local radio station. So on Sundays, my show will be aired on the FM radio station here in Wichita. Oh, congrats. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. And, um, I launched my online leadership course uh, that people can find more information about at Dose of Leadership, and it's a 20-part video series that uh, people can sign up and uh, uh, download the videos for modules that takes people from the leadership fundamentals to how to lead yourself, how to lead others, and, and then transformational leadership, and so I'm excited about that. So more products, more courses, and of course, I can continue to do my masterminds locally here and online. And uh, just more talking about leadership and trying to get the word out. So that's what's new. That's excellent.
1: Well, good luck to you in that. Thank you so much for helping us get the Labrador Leadership Podcast kicked off. This will be the highlight of the day for all of us.
2: All right, Bob, thanks for having me on the show. Great job, and and I look forward to success for your show. And anything I can do to support uh, you and your podcast, you always got to welcome home a dose of leadership, too.
1: Thank you so much. That's very gracious. See you next time.
0: Thanks for listening to the Labrador Leadership Podcast for the sake of all the special people in your life that deserve you to be the best leader you can be. Connect with us on our website at labradorleadership.com, on Facebook at Labrador Leadership, and on Twitter at Lab Leadership. Now, here's a final thought from Bob.
1: Okay, Richard, thank you very much once again for today. Ladies and gentlemen, next time, Alex will be back. And we'll talk about motivating your team. See you then.